Well, good morning. One more time, Victory Midtown. Can y'all make some noise for Jesus in the house right quick? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Y'all making some noise for Jesus. Y'all look like y'all are ready. Y'all look great today. Man, if you can't tell, I'm feeling good. One reason I'm feeling good is because as we transition and as I came up, I have a pastoral perk. I got to give a kiss to the communicator today. Y'all clap it up for my wife one more time. Well, listen, I'm excited to be here today. I'm, I'm thankful that we're here in the room and those uh, worshiping with us online. Today is a special day because we're continuing to speak about the Holy Spirit. And I'm excited about it because I said this last week, I feel like anytime we take intentional time to talk about Jesus and his nature and the Holy Spirit and his nature, our lives are not the same. And so I believe that same thing here today. I believe that we're going to receive something. I believe that we will get a deeper revelation of what God wants to do and how he wants to walk with us. Amen? Well, listen, uh, we're in week two. We're starting this series. We started it last week in week two today. And I think that God is up to something. And one of the things that I enjoy is that I try to make sure that when we're preaching something, when we're talking about something, that it's just not rhetorical, that it's just not this thing that I read, that I don't separate this from real life. And what I mean by that is I really believe that a lot of times God shows us things in the natural realm that are indicative in the spiritual realm. What do I mean by that? There are things going on all around us every day that we can kind of push to the side, that we can kind of dismiss. And all in all, God is speaking through those things. And sometimes we don't recognize him because we're looking for something bigger. We're looking for this big shock and awe. And he's like, I'm speaking to you right now. And so I had that experience even this week. Uh, this week, as I was kind of just going through the week, I was preparing and I was like, okay, God, I hear you speaking and doing some things. And so as I often do uh, this week, I was actually putting our son Maximus down. If you don't know, we have an eight, eight and a half month old Maximus. That's him right there. Little guy, he's kind of matching my fresh today. Got the green colors going. And he's a bundle of joy. He is our gift from God and we are so thankful. And so many times what I get the privilege of doing is putting him down to bed at night. Uh, it's a great bonding time for us. It's a great time for me to speak life over him as he gets ready to rest. And a lot of times what happens is that I'm getting ready to put him down. And many times what I have to do is before I put him to sleep, I have to put him down in the crib for a moment to go out of the room to get something that will help him in his comfort and help him get to rest. And so what happens is when I put him down, uh, he's already very audible. Can you tell he gets it from his dad and his mom? He's speaking a lot. And so he, I'll put him down and he starts to make noises. He starts to make a lot of sounds, letting me know that he's not really happy that I'm leaving him. And so what I do often is I look back at him and I say, Maximus, I'll be back. And he's like, mm. <laughs> and so what I'll do is I'll go get something. Maybe Kendra has prepared his bottle or I'll get something that will help him in his rest from the other room. And when I come back, I'm actually saying to him already, I'm like, hey, you're going to be happy when I come back. You're going to be very glad that I left for a moment because there's something here for you. And so when I come back in the room, what he notices in his eight and a half month old mind, he notices that it was good that I left because now I have something for him. Now, in this moment, I bring something to him that helps him with his rest. I bring him something that helps him with his comfort. And what I'm talking about for him is I go get something. But what I'm talking about today and over the next several weeks is that we have someone who wants to help us with our comfort and our rest. We have someone that when Jesus left, he said, I'm sending someone else. I'm sending a helper. I'm sending comfort and I'm sending rest to you if you will be okay just for a moment. 
And so as I've looked at this again, I bring this to bear because I feel like this is really helping me see how the disciples felt when Jesus said, hey, hold on for a minute. I have to leave and it's going to be to your advantage when I come back. Now watch this. Last week, I gave an introduction to this message. And what we talked about was how when Jesus told his disciples that he had to leave, they didn't really agree with that at first. But they came to know the advantage that they received once he left. And what he knew, Jesus, he knew that they actually going to need some help for the journey that they were going to need to take after he left. And so I want to read the key passage of scripture that we read last week. If you will go to your YouVersion Bible app for those who are following that way and actually uh, click on Victory Midtown, you'll be able to follow all the notes right there. In John chapter 16, verse 7, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. We really read this last week and it really opened up a lot of things. The Bible says this. This is Jesus. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, strengthener, standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the Holy Spirit. I will send him the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. Now, last week, what we defined is that the Holy Spirit is to be our helper He's to be our friend, and he's not weird, and he's our God. Somebody say, he's my helper, he's my friend, and he's not weird, and he's my God. And if we can grab that, that is the foundation for us developing and growing in a relationship with Holy Spirit. I want to do something. I want to pray for us because I believe that today, if we can really grab this, that our lives will be different when we leave. And what I'm going to pray right now is just that we hear Holy Spirit in a way that we get all the benefits of who he wants to be in our lives. So join me in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you that we've made it here today safely. Thank you for allowing us, those who are in the room and those worshiping with us online, we thank you, God, that we are in the presence of the Almighty. Father, my prayer right now is that this is not just a sermon. These are not just words. This is not just a time that we come and lift our hands and we leave the same way we came in. But my prayer, Father, is that we get a revelation of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, so that we can understand that he is our helper, he is our friend, he is our God. So speak through me, but allow the words to be transformed into everyone's ears so that we can hear and walk in what you want us to walk in. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I jump into this, we're going to take another step this week. We're going to deepen our understanding of who Holy Spirit is so that we can truly make sure that we take advantage of this gift that we have. And so last week we talked about the fact that Holy Spirit is with us. But today, again, we want to deepen this understanding and understand that he's not only with us, he's in us. Can you just touch your chest right now and say, Holy Spirit, he's in me. Holy Spirit, he's in us. And so this is important for us to grab because the scriptures tell us in John 14, 16, it says this. It says, Jesus says, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. Yes, he does. But he also will be in you. Let me show you this in another way. The Apostle Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, who is what? In you, whom you have received from God. 
So again, I don't want to run past that statement that the Holy Spirit is God in you. Can I just let that sit there for a moment? I don't want to rush through this because sometimes we hear things and we kind of take them as they're normal, as they're regular. But as we talked about last week, as I wanted to give a word picture of the parakletos, Holy Spirit, God walking alongside of us to help us, it's even better than God being alongside of us that he is on the inside of us. Let me say that one more time. It's actually better than God being on the side of us because he's inside of us. And so if we can grab that, what we'll do is we'll start to see ourselves differently. This is great news, but it's only great news if we receive this revelation. I want to let you know, and I'm saying this right now, and I'm even feeling the Holy Spirit just prompt me right now just to pause for a minute and say this statement that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Let me pause, which means this is God inside of you. I'm, I'm, I'm going real slow on purpose because sometimes we hear these things in church. We kind of read them like they're somewhere out there. We kind of read them like it's something to be studied where really God is saying, I'm a person to be experienced. And so just for a moment, can you catch the revelation that God lives on the inside of you? God lives on the inside of you. I could literally close my iPad right now and go home. Because for me, as I'm sitting here, I'm actually trying to contain myself. Because when I start to think about the fact that God lives on the inside of me, what that does is that allows me to have some supernatural confidence. What that does is that allows me to step up in this moment when things try to come down around me. I'm not acting and operating like I'm regular. I'm stepping into the presence of God saying, hey, you live in me. And because you live in me, I have the victory. Because you live in me, there is nothing that can stop me. Because you live in me, even when stress tries to come and take me down, I have this confidence that God is in me. Can y'all say that with me? Say, God is in me. He lives in me. He resides in me. I'm not going to pass it. I need you to say it one more time. Say, God, he lives in me. He resides in me. And he walks with me. Somebody give God praise if you believe it, if you receive it, if you understand it. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry I can't move on right now. I'm sorry if you want me to get to the rest of the sermon, but I have to get us to get this revelation. Because if we can get this revelation, everything about us changes. The way we see changes. The way we show up changes. The way we operate with people changes. The way we love on people changes. The way we receive bad news changes. The way we step into a new job changes. Because when you show up, you're saying, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I have the super going along with my natural, which means I step into supernatural strength and feats. And so I didn't want to run past that because so many times what we do is we read all this stuff, but we don't really grab the truth of it. And so as we understand that God is in us, what God is saying is that I know people want you to kind of say, oh, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, we were sinners at one time, but now we're saved. And now, like we said last week, the Holy Spirit is convincing us that we needed this Savior. And he's convincing us that we are now redeemed. And he's convincing us that we now have been judged in favor. And so because the Holy Spirit has convinced us of these things, what we now understand is that you are more than enough. I need to say that because even as I was in worship, I'm looking around and I'm feeling that we all are going through different things. But again, this message, this series is for us to be reminded, number one, that we're never alone. That when we show up, God is with us and he empowers us. 
And so this brings me to another point that I really have to bring some emphasis to. And this point of emphasis is this. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, I know some of us have not heard that before. You know, we've kind of heard it and this and that. But I want to be very clear. Nowhere in the Bible and nowhere does Jesus say it when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. How would you feel if you went somewhere with your significant other, with your wife, who you know is a person, and you introduce them and say, it said hello? (laughs) You know it's hungry, right? You know, it's kind of shy, you know. They, they, they didn't know if they wanted to come meet you. No, if you say it now, that might be the last time you went out with that person. But so many times what we do is we reference the person of the Holy Spirit as an it, as a force, as a feeling, as something that we just have somewhere out there. And so it's so important that we don't look at Holy Spirit as someone or something out there, but that we know he's someone in here. And so the Bible tells us that Holy Spirit wants to be in fellowship with us. And I need us to let this sink in because here's a statement that I need you to write down. It's very simple. But the most important relationship that you can have in your life is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let me say it one more time. The most important relationship that you can have and that you need to have is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you, especially some of you Christians that have been saved for a long time, you're like, well, what about Jesus? I know we just got done singing, Jesus, we love you. Yeah, we sing all of that. But I want to let you know, let me bring some context to it. The most important relationship to the unsaved world is Jesus. But once you get saved, the most relationship to the saved, the most important relationship to the saved world is the Holy Spirit. Why am I saying that? Because when you're unsaved, you need Jesus to be redeemed. When you're unsaved, you need to step into fellowship with the Father. When you're unsaved, you need Jesus to change your life. But once you get saved, now you need some direction. You need some guidance. You need some power. You need some fuego, some fire to be able to live this life out so that you can really walk in everything that God has for us to walk out. And so don't forget that you have to start to develop and relate uh, relate with the Holy Spirit in a way that's going to bring you victory. Let me do a room check real quick. By a show of hands, how many people in here would say that we always have a lot of voices vying for our attention? Yeah. Advertisements, people, different influences. There's a lot of things vying for our attention. And as we think about this, there's a burden that I have because what I believe is that when we come into environments like this, again, it's not for us to shout and raise our hands and run and just leave and operate the same way. It's for us to come in here to get equipped so that when we leave, we can walk in victory. And so I was preparing for the message, and I said, I'm going to let you all into kind of like my message preparation. Now, I spend a lot of time praying, a lot of time studying, a lot of time reading. I generally will come up here on sometime on a Saturday and pray over the service and over the sanctuary because I really want to make sure that the environment is conducive. But one of the things that I do that may be a little uncommon to some of you that I add in my message preparation process is I go to the mall. Yeah, I go to the mall. Now, some of y'all are like, that is not spiritual at all. Let me tell you, you can learn a lot by going to the mall. So this past week, I had the opportunity, Maximus and I, we, we spent some time together on Friday because we wanted to give his mother some rest so that she can focus on some assignments. Somebody, some mothers in the house say amen to that. So we hung out. We were at the mall on Friday. And when I was at the mall, I was kind of just walking around, and we were having a good time. I was smiling back at him, and he was giving me the good eyes. 
But what I noticed when I was at the mall was I felt like this heaviness in the mall. I felt like as I started to look at different people, I can kind of tell, okay, what couples are actually happy? What couples are just tolerating themselves? Which, which husbands are in the doghouse because he's walking way up here and the wife is back here? When you go to certain stores, you see people buying a whole lot of stuff. For some people, you can even notice when it's retail therapy. But with all those things, why I, th- I don't think it's anything wrong with going to the mall, anything wrong with having nice things. I like nice things. But what I noticed in that moment was that a lot of people are out here self-medicating because they're really alone. A lot of people are out here walking and they're being tossed to and fro and being turned by everything that comes at them. And they're just walking around lost. And it put a burden in my heart. And I said, I want to share this burden with Victory Midtown. The reason why I preach the way I preach, the reason why I take my time with you the way I take my time, the reason why we really want to make sure that we are seeing growth happen is because we don't want you being subject to the world. We don't want you to come in here and have access to the king of kings, access to supernatural power, access to an abundant life, and then leave out of here like you are a person without any hope. And so for me, my whole desire is that I want to make things practical. I want to make it so we can grab it. I want to make it so that we can walk this thing out so that when we understand the power of the Holy Spirit, we truly walk in the victory of God and Holy Spirit. It's all right to clap. That's that's what we want to do. And so here's a quick statement before I jump into some things that I just want to give you. I came here to really just let you know one simple thing, that when you come into a tangible relationship with the Holy Spirit, it literally changes everything about you. When you really encounter Holy Spirit, you don't operate the same way like you were before you were saved. When you really grab this relationship with the Holy Spirit, you start to see things differently. And so there are some implications that are made when we come into a relationship with the Holy Spirit that I want to share with you. The first thing that I want to share with you when you come into a relationship with the Holy Spirit is that you operate differently because the Holy Spirit is the one who seals you. He seals you. What does that mean that he seals you? He provides security for me. He he provides something that I can't get from an outside source. This is so key. I want to read Ephesians chapter 1. Hear this, verse 13. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, and as a result, believed in him, were stamped with the seal. Say that with me. Say stamped with the seal. You were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, the one promised by Christ, as owned and protected by God. The Spirit is the guarantee, meaning the first installment, the pledge, a foretaste of our inheritance, until the redemption of God's own purchased possession, his believers, to the praise of his glory. What does that mean? In layman's terms, in short, what this means is as a result of you believing in Christ, you were stamped with the seal of the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? This means that you are now identified that you are protected and that you are owned by God. I said this last week, I said one of my burdens is that I hate seeing where we walk in this perpetual cycle of getting salvation over and over and over again because we don't believe that God already finished the work when we confessed him the first time. And so many people all over the world, we feel like, okay, I messed up this week, so now I got to go get saved again. I missed the mark, which you will miss the mark. Now I have to run to the altar again and now give my life to Jesus again. What we're saying is there's nothing wrong with coming to the altar. It's nothing wrong because we do need to repent. But I need you to know that when you confess Jesus, you are sealed 
by his ownership. When you come to Jesus, you are sealed. And the Holy Spirit was sent to us so that we can have that understanding that we are sealed. He's the one that gives us security. Let me say it like this. The seal is a validation of relationship when someone comes into relationship with you. When you look back at biblical days, what would happen is that owners of things, princes, kings, what they would do is they had this brand. They had a seal. And they would even brand certain cattle. They would brand their possessions. Because what that did is that when people tried to come at them and tried to take what was theirs, they would immediately be able to look and say, does this own someone? Own? Is this owned by someone else? And what we are doing as we're walking with the Holy Spirit, we have to understand that we have been sealed, that we have been stamped of ownership by God. And so my announcement to you right now is that even if you feel a little insecure in your spirit, I want to let you know that you have been stamped by God, verified and approved that you are no longer ashamed of sin. So as we walk through this, here it is, 2 Corinthians. It says it like this in verse 1. It says, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us. And he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I have a question. Have you ever had to put a deposit down on something? How many homeowners in the house? You've ever bought a house before? When you were buying that house, you had to put some earnest money down. When you put that earnest money down, what that was doing, it was showing the person that you were buying the house from that you're actually serious. It was holding your spot because they needed to know that this is a big investment. And when you put this earnest money down, when you put this deposit, you're saying, I'm committed to actually finishing the process. Any people got engaged in here? Engaged, married? Some of y'all don't know if y'all married, engaged, you know, come on. When you got serious about that person, what did you do? You went and got a ring. You got a ring because you wanted to make sure that people were able to see a seal, not of ownership like you own the person, but a seal that this person is committed. And so what we're saying is that the Holy Spirit, he gives us a seal so that when the devil tries to come at you and say that he owns you, you're able to say, no, no, no. Don't you see my seal? I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. I know I used to be like that, but I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. I want to read this other scripture to you, John chapter 10, verse 28. Jesus says it like this. He says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Watch this. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than them all, and no one will snatch them out of my Father's hand. I love this because when God says something twice, he said, I want to make sure you're double sure. What he's doing right here, Jesus says it and says that he's committed. And then the Father says that he's committed. And the Holy Spirit comes and seals it to say, sign, seal, deliver, you are his. And so as we understand this, the Holy Spirit is our deposit of something, a full life, a restitution with God as a guarantee. Ephesians chapter 4, this is an important point that I want to make. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, it says this. And before I read it, let me, let me say this. You've probably heard this scripture before. But I want to kind of bring a different light to it because I've heard it over the years, but the Holy Spirit even gave me a different understanding this week. It says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let me read it one more time. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you have, are sealed for the day of redemption. I want to speak to two different sets of people right now. The first set of people that I want to speak to, and hear my words very carefully, 
are those who act like he didn't seal you. What do I mean by that? This is where you walk around and you still operate as if you were just a sinner. This is those who walk around who don't believe that the word has transformed them. This is those who who believe that you're just trying to manage sin. You're just trying to get by because you feel like I'm going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. If you keep thinking you're going to mess up, what are you going to do? You're going to mess up. And so this first group of people, when when it says don't grieve the Holy Spirit, the Bible has already told us that he's given us this seal of the Holy Spirit to convince us of who we already are. But if we don't believe it, if we don't operate like it, if we don't walk it out, what we're doing is that we're spitting in the Holy Spirit's face. We're spitting in God's face saying, I don't really believe what you said about me, so I'm not going to operate like I believe it. And I'm here to challenge some people that we need to make sure that we get an understanding of what has already been done for us. Because if you're like me, I've come up in churches where people spent so much time telling people what they were doing wrong instead of actually telling them who they were. And then when you tell people what they're doing wrong, they're going to continue to do it instead of saying, you are justified. Giving them identity so they can walk in this next level of understanding. And so that first group doesn't believe it, but here's the second group. I'm going to say the same words, but I need you to hear it differently. The second group is those people who didn't understand that he is the one who sealed them. What does that mean? You feel like you sealed yourself. You feel like this self-righteous, this indignation that you have that you are the one who saved yourself. You forgot when you needed God. And so what you do as one of these self-righteous people, you forget and you actually distance yourself from a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You start to actually say, okay, I'm going to look at somebody else in judgment because this sin didn't come to me the way it tempted them. And so what I know is that a lot of times we lose intimacy with the Holy Spirit because we're starting to think that we don't need the Holy Spirit. My challenge to us today is to get the awe of God back to get in his presence and start to appreciate him more. Every time I come on this platform, I'm saying, God, thank you for the opportunity to speak for you. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you because I understand that I couldn't do it by myself. And so as we grab this, this is what I want us to know. The first thing is that the Holy Spirit seals us. And then the second thing is that we need to understand that we're never alone because the Holy Spirit leads us. He leads us. What does that mean? He provides guidance for me. He's guiding me through my life. See, many of you would agree that we live in an age of spirituality. Everybody's spiritual. You know, we're talking to the universe, and we're talking to this, and we're using crystals, and we're looking at psychics and zodiac signs. And while we are those who actually are looking for these signs, sometimes we don't actually talk to the one who gives the sign. A lot of people are looking for direction, but we actually don't go to the director. See, there's a whole lot of spirits that are going around, but there's only one Holy Spirit. And until we can actually get with the one who actually made the universe, what we'll do is we'll find ourselves going to and fro trying to figure it out when God is saying, just come and talk to me. And so as we look at this, here it is. So many people are missing it because we don't understand that God is trying to lead us. Let me read this scripture. As Jesus prepared his disciples, as he was getting ready to leave and told them that they had an advantage, he said this in John 16. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Let me read that last line one more time. 
and he will tell you things to come. That's important because a lot of us, if we're honest, we think we tell ourselves what is to come. What I'm not talking about is you actually listening to your conscience. Because while your conscience is good and actually validates some things, your conscience cannot actually trump the Holy Spirit. What is a conscience? This is in your notes. A conscience is an inner feeling or voice viewed as acting as a guide to the rightness or wrongness of one's behavior. Let me say this very clearly. There's a big difference between your conscience and God the Holy Spirit. There's a big difference. Why do we not need to depend on our conscience? Watch this. Sociopaths have a conscience. Murderers have a conscience. We all have a conscience. But when we look at it, what we find ourselves doing is if we try to listen to our conscience, it's only at a certain level, and it's actually at the same level of the problems that we're trying to solve. Albert Einstein said it like this. He says, no problem can be solved at the same level of consciousness that it created it. And if we're honest with ourselves, many of us are trying to fix something on the same level that it was created. And God is saying, look, I didn't tell you to do that. I sent the Holy Spirit to you so that you can actually know those things that are to come. The Holy Spirit provides guidance beyond what we can provide. And so as the scriptures tell us, even in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm giving you a lot of scripture because I need us to understand this, not just by a feeling, but by a knowing that we know through the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, but just as it is written in scripture, things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, who obey him and who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. Here's the part that I really want you to grab. For God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through who? Through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counsels and things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not by the spirit of the world, but by who? But by the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. Holy Spirit is trying to give us insight to things that only God knows. And I want to give some practical information about this because a lot of times, again, we overlook certain things because no one has actually told us to slow down and actually pay attention to the things that are going on in the natural. Let me share with you something that I realized probably about two years ago. I remember being in prayer, and I was praying, and I was in, in our prayer room, and I'm kind of going in with God. And I'm praying, and I'm praying, I'm reading the scriptures, I'm praying in the spirit. And I start to get this reminder, hey, you need to actually remember that you need to send this person an email. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I, I'll do that later. And then I get another prompting, hey, hey, text this person. And I'm like, all right, God, I'm trying to pray. And so I keep praying, I keep praying. And then all of a sudden, as I'm doing this and as I'm continuing to pray, the Holy Spirit continues to remind me, like, you need to do this. And I, tell you, I actually finally stop and say, oh, that's you talking to me. And what happens is a lot of times, if you're honest, you will actually hear God speaking to you, but you dismiss it because it didn't come in the trappings of spirituality. There have been times when I'm praying and I'm looking for an answer. The reason we pray is for an answer, right? 
I'm praying, and then God is like, fool, I gave you the answer right there. What are you doing? And so for me, I've learned to start to take these cues and learn to slow down, and I actually learn to stop and sometimes take my phone out and put a, a note in it. Now, let me say this. If you start feeling while you're praying, and man, I really want some ice cream, that is not the Holy Spirit. That is not the Holy Spirit. That is the devil. But there are many times where the Holy Spirit is actually really trying to get something to you. But watch this. Don't dismiss very spiritual things because it comes in a natural package. Let me say that one more time. Don't despise very spiritual things because it comes in a natural package. What do I mean by that? The Lord will sometimes give you very revolutionary answers, but it will come in a very natural package. And that's why we have to get in fellowship with the Holy Spirit so that we're not dismissing him when he's actually speaking to us. Amen? Let me give one other practical thing. It's what I call the spiritual hearing test. The spiritual hearing test. As we're praying and as we're developing our relationship with the Holy Spirit, many of us will try to get answers. And what we do and what I try to teach people that I mentor is that I never argue with anyone who comes to me and says, the Lord said this. If you ever come to me or my wife and say, hey, God told me, I have nothing else to say to you, but okay. Because who am I to argue with God? But what we do is we actually try to coach people to say, especially for people that actually hold a place of spiritual authority in your life or people that you call leaders, start to offer up things basically saying, I feel like the Lord is saying this. I'm sensing like the Holy Spirit is saying this. Because here's the thing, someone with some wisdom and some experience, they can actually tell you something that may be right, but maybe it's the wrong time. How many of you know God can be speaking a very direct right thing to you, but you can actually operate in the wrong time, which makes it still wrong? And so as we're talking about this spiritual hearing test, there's three things that I want you to start taking that through when you hear something from God or you sense you're hearing it from God. Number one, take it through the scriptures. Match it up to the scriptures. When you take it to the scriptures, what you ask yourself is, does this align with the Bible? If you get a word and it's something, you know, your, your wife maybe made you mad or your husband made you mad that day and you start feeling like, oh, I want a divorce, take it through the scriptures because that's not in the scripture. Be able to take it through the ringer of the scripture. Number two, take it to wisdom. Take it to the wisdom. Ask and present it to people like I just said and ask if this is the right time that I'm actually operating in this. And then number three, Take it through the ministry test. What do I mean by that? I'm not just talking about coming and preaching on a platform. Take it through the ministry test, which you're saying, does this that I'm hearing glorify God? Is what I'm hearing, is what I'm feeling right now glorifying God as I actually operate in it? And so the last thing that I want to share with us today as we are learning how to hear Holy Spirit, as we are growing in our relationship with him, is this. We are never alone, and everything changes when we understand that he comforts us. He comforts us. This is a really big thing because what we're saying is that he provides peace. If you're honest, some of us in the room, even right now, some of us even watching online, you're struggling because you feel pressure. You're struggling because you feel alone. You're struggling because you feel maybe some depression. You feel like something is kind of overweighing you. And what I'm here to let you know is that there are some things that, yes, they're sometimes chemical. There's some things that are off. There's some things you need to get therapy. See, we are a ministry that believes in Jesus and therapy. Can I say it again? We're a ministry that believes in Jesus and therapy. But what we cannot do is we cannot put therapy above our dependence on the Holy Spirit because a lot of times when you're going to therapy, you're talking to people who don't even have the Holy Spirit. 
And so as we're looking at this, I want us to understand that the Holy Spirit, he never leaves us alone. He comforts us because Jesus was actually saying, I am sending the comforter because he knew what their assignment was going to be. The word comforter, it literally means called to one side for help. Called to one side for help, meaning that we always have help. And so while we know that we're in a world that is kind of constantly bombarding us with different things, I want to let you know that some of us in this room and some people that you actually do life with, they are struggling. And what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're not just rolling by this and just putting a hand on them, praying for them, but we're saying, hey, you need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Suicide, depression, isolation, it's a real thing. Even this week, I heard about a young man that I've known for years that actually committed suicide. And again, I don't know if it was chemical. I don't know if he was just feeling by himself. But what I do know is that as we tap into the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is really trying to comfort us. Amen? And so I just wanted to actually just pause for a minute. And I know that's a little bit of a different thing to talk about over the platform, but we need to talk about these things so that we know how to actually address them. As I was looking at this, I want to give you some information about the loneliness epidemic. This pandemic has actually stressed a lot of people out. And what we know is even in some recent stats, it actually said that uh, in American adults, 36% of respondents reported serious loneliness, feeling lonely frequently or almost all the time. This included 61% of young people ages 18 to 25 and 51% of mothers with young children. 43% of young adults reported increases in loneliness since the outbreak of the pandemic. And many of them said it's been weeks since anyone just took even a few minutes to see how you were really doing. The last thing, young adults, a lot of young adults even here at Victory Midtown suffer high rates of both loneliness and anxiety. And 63% of this age group are suffering from significant symptoms of anxiety and depression. The reason I'm bringing that up is because not only in the spiritual but in the natural we need to deal with it. Some of us in the room, we need to actually step into a small group. Our next step, our one step is stepping into a small group. But that's not going to fix anything if we're not stepping into a relationship with Holy Spirit. Because here's the thing. You cannot develop a deep relationship with people if you're not first developing a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so as we do this, I want to let you know that we have to actually take this to bear. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, it says this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Be with you all. Fellowship simply means this, presence, sharing together, participation, intimacy, friendship, and communion. And what I'm saying right now is that each and every one of us, we need this fellowship. We need this communion. We need this intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Because when you're in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit, what he does is he actually cheers you on and reminds you of who you are in Christ. Let me read the scripture to you to show you what I'm talking about. This is the last scripture I want to give you. John chapter 14, verse 26 says this. But the helper, somebody say the helper. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You may be asking, what is the Holy Spirit bringing to my remembrance? The Holy Spirit is cheering you on, bringing to your remembrance that when you feel inadequate, what he's saying is that he wants to remind you that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. 
When you feel like you're falling and you feel like things are actually coming down around you, Jeremiah said it, and the Holy Spirit is reminding you and saying, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a great hope in the future. If you're a person that feels like all hell is breaking loose and anxiety is trying to come on you, Jesus said, and Holy Spirit is reminding you, this peace I gave you, the world cannot give you, and the world can't take it away. And for some of us that just feel like I can't take another step, the Holy Spirit is right there in fellowship reminding us of the word of God in John 10, 10, that greater is he that lives in where? In me than he that is in the world. The Holy Spirit is here to remind you that you're in fellowship, that he wants to seal you, that he wants to comfort you, and that he wants to lead you. And so my assignment today was simply just to make sure that we get a better understanding of that when we tap into a relationship with the Holy Spirit, everything changes. And so as we leave today, this is what I want to do. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to take a moment just to practice his presence because many of us, we are being hit with so many things of noise around us. But in this moment, Holy Spirit wants to come close to you. So if you'll bow your heads with me for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this day. I thank you that as we are continuing every week to go deeper and deeper with you, Holy Spirit, you're allowing us to know that you are with us, that you have sealed us with promise, that you'll never leave us alone, that you are comforting us because you are the one who allows us to know that when we're by ourselves, when we're feeling alone, you've never left us alone. And Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit leads us, guides us into all truth, And lets us understand that the one who we have is the comforter. And that comforter is on the inside of us. So, Father, my declaration is that as we've come into this place today, we will get a new revelation of you. We will get a new understanding of you. And we will grow with you in relationship. Understanding that we're not alone, but you are closer to us even than our skin. Father, I pray over those who actually are suffering anxiety and depression and loneliness And I declare that this is not something that we just come and just operate in over-spirituality, but we know that transformation happens when we submit to you. So we pray peace, we pray joy, and we declare your covenant with us always. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I want to take a moment, because as I said, a lot of times when we leave here, there's a lot of noise that comes in. And so I asked Jamal just to come up with me, because as we sing the song that He is closer to us than a friend. Some of us need to sit in that for a minute because you're talking yourself out of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So however you feel comfortable in this next moment, if you want to lift your hands, if you want to stand, if you want to sit, if you want to come to the altar, we're going to take just a moment to practice the presence of Holy Spirit. So right now, just posture yourself and engage with him as we worship.
Here's where the dead things come back to living. I feel my heart beating again. It feels so good to know you are my friend. Yeah. You are closer, closer than my skin. You are in the air I'm breathing in. Here's where the dead things come back to living. I feel my heart. so good to know you are my friend just to know you are my friend oh god you're closer than close closer than close closer than close close you are you are you are you are this is You believe that why don't you sing it with us this is where i'm meant to be he's your comforter he's your comforter this is where i'm meant to be take just a moment because this is a serious thing. If there are any people in here that you're feeling alone, that you felt hopeless, that you've not felt like you've had a connection and a close relationship with Holy Spirit and you need his comfort, this is a place of deliverance. This is a place of freedom. And so I'm going to ask Jamal to go back into that just for a moment because I feel like God wants to break through to you. I feel like more than a sermon that I could preach, more than words that I could give, that his presence changes everything. And so you don't have to feel ashamed. You can get up at any time throughout this song and no one will look at you strange. But in this moment, some of us need to step up into his presence because what we're doing is that we're saying, I'm not going to allow myself to be subject to the enemy. 
I want to come closer to God. I want to actually receive this comfort that he has for me. And so for the next few moments, I want us just to wage war on the enemy right now, even with our worship. I want us to wage war on the enemy that he cannot take us out because of depression. He cannot take us out because of anxiety. He cannot take us out because of loneliness. And so for this next moment, what we're going to do, a lot of times we worship heavily in the beginning of the service and we kind of go through. But right now, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to minister to you. No person can do what I can do for you. But right now, I need you to bask in my presence and release everything that you've been holding on to because I want to touch you in a place like you've never touched, been touched before. So right now, let's just worship the Lord. Let's just give all of ourselves over to God right now. Start to declare our dependence on him. We never knew. Let him minister to you. Let him minister to you. Let him minister to you right now. Holy Spirit is here. Those unanswered questions, the Lord is ministering to you right now. going to take a moment. I know this is a little bit unconventional for some, but I even want to speak to those who are worshiping online. Some of you are at your computer, you're at your TV, and even some of you in the room right now, and you're feeling like, what is this thing that's blocking me from having an intimate relationship with Holy Spirit? And what I declare right now is that the spirit of condemnation for some of you is blocking you being able to connect with God on this level. You're focusing on the things that you did, the decisions that you made that were not right. For some of us in the room, the spirit of anger is on us and we're like, I don't really know if I can trust again. I don't really know if I can come outside of myself. And what God wants you to know is right here is the place of healing. In his presence, there is the fullness of joy. 
And so I even sense right now that there are some people, even maybe a married couple in here, that you are angry and you're condemning the other person because of something that happened. And right now, the only thing that's going to change that thing is if both of you release it right here in this environment of worship. And so just for a few more moments, we're just going to go back into this for a moment. And I need everyone in here, whether you're sitting or whether you're standing, just to lift your hands right now. Just to lift your hands right now. We wage war in the heavenlies right now and declare that we will not be those who are cast down. We wage war right now in the heavenlies and say that we won't be those who operate as if we are hopeless. We wage war in the atmosphere right now and declare that we know that we are never alone, but that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, which means we are comforted in him. So Jamal, let's minister, let's minister, let's minister. Say, I'm never alone. I'm never alone. We're never alone. Because you're closer, because you're closer, you're closer, you're closer. Lift that up all over the room, all over the room. This is a reminder to you as you go in your week. time, one more time, one more time. Father, our hearts are open. Our spirits are open. We're thanking you for sending the Holy Spirit as a promise and a seal to us. God, my prayer right now over your people is that as we leave this place, that we won't dismiss ourselves from your presence. God, I pray right now that anxiety cannot have any of us. Depression cannot have any of us. Confusion cannot have any of us. The accuser of the brethren cannot have any of us. But right now, Father, we will leave this place with a surety, with a knowing that you have sealed us. I plead the blood of Jesus over all of us and declare that we will live and not die to declare the mighty work of the enemy. I cancel death traps even over us right now. I cancel plans of suicide even right now. I cancel plans that work against ourselves even right now. I cancel self-sabotage even right now. And I declare that we will walk in the freedom and the fullness of life and life evermore. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you, Victory Midtown. Let's walk this thing out. Amen.